please do not turn off your radio, but turn up the volume on your receiver as high as it can go. They work hard, they play hard, and they brought the receipts. Cover your ears. This is Soundwaves TMI. Here we are, friends. Another episode of Soundwaves TV. Justin, hey, hey. Tennyson, Steve. I, nice. I started early. Sorry. You, you did. You did. Sorry, it, not sorry. It's an opportunity to get to talk about rock and roll and drink beer. What could be better? I mean, we're brilliant. I'm sorry. Like, we created a whole TV show that gives us space to do both. <laughs> we cracked the code, man. <laughs> we're winning at life. Wait, wasn't that hashtag you're welcome? Right. Yes, yes, yes. exactly. So welcome to our party. Yes. I forgot about that. You're right. Yeah. So we're talking about one of my favorite topics today. Mm-hmm. Lyrics. Yes. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yep, yep. I could talk for days and we just might. Actually, we're going to share something with you in a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, but we're, we're talking about lyrics because we've got a couple different things to hit. We've got Sam Chase on today. Yes. Which is... Lyricist extraordinary. If you're doing a show about lyrics, you got to have Sam Chase. I mean, on it's it. the truth. Right. Yeah. And, right. and Miss Casey Hill, we have a brand new yes. video from her, right? Yes, yeah. we do. And uh, what's amazing is that you know your Sam Chases, your Casey Hills, they're very few and far between. But when they show up, they tell stories. Yeah. They bring this honest sort of like puts you right in that oh, yeah. place. We were like four minutes ago, I wasn't feeling this. Yeah. But I am now. I'm fully invested in the story that's being told. And. It, and honestly, it's exciting to see that come back. And I'm just going to throw down the T word right now. Taylor Swift. I just want to point out. Yeah. And we're going to continue talking about this. You'll find out in a, just a second. We got a little surprise for you. But just to broach this topic a little bit. And I won't even get into the wing nuts. Into her, both the, but she's bringing back songwriting. She's bringing back lyrics. She's bringing back 100,000 people singing that story. Mm-hmm. When have we seen this since... I don't know, maybe a little bit in the 90s, you know, the Mm -hmm. 80s, the 70s, certainly Cat Stevens, Jim Croce. But it's like for all the things that people are talking about that she's doing for people, Mm -hmm. all the charitable stuff and blah, 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 and selling out number one, this and that. I don't think she's getting enough credit for bringing back storytelling in songs. Yeah. I agree. I think lyrically, that's what she's known for. And she's been known for that since she was like 15, mm-hmm. which is pretty wild to think about now. Yeah. But she's she was a natural born storyteller. Mm-hmm. Now, I think and the, the storytelling aspect of it, I think, has been a lost art mm-hmm. for the past 20 or 30 years mm-hmm. because music has been pretty much about the music, about the beats and about being able to, to dance to it or <laughs> whatever. But to be able to sit down and listen to a song and have it affect you that way, I mean, Billy Joel is one of the only guys I can think of that's that's you know done that sort of stuff, and you know he's back at it today mm-hmm. doing the same thing. He's writing a song, or yeah. he's got a song out now that has a story about mm-hmm. it. It's not just about this moment or this feeling or whatever. It, it's telling you something. And by the way, that Billy Joel song could have only been written by a guy who's been in a relationship for thirty years, yeah. who's seventy years old, yeah. mm-hmm. and you hear that now, and you're like. Oh, yeah, he didn't have this in when he was 25. Mm -hmm. You know, it's such a mature song about a relationship, and it's just devastating, you know? I actually had, a couple nights ago, I had a dream that I got to interview Stevie Nicks. It's probably called Manifestation. Yes. I'm I'm trying to do. She's going to be at Bottle Rock, so I'm like... Yes, yes, yes. Um, But I talked to her about this, because when I see Taylor, and when I hear a lot of what she does, I feel like she is emulating or trying to emulate Stevie. Hmm. The way her hair is, the way her flowy clothes are, the mm-hmm. way she moves on stage. Well, that's interesting. I, I, yeah, and, and I mean that as a compliment yeah. to obviously both of them. I mean, Stevie is my goddess. Um, but I think that Taylor sees what you're talking about happening in the 70s and into the 80s with that real whimsical storytelling and almost mystery. Mm. Because the funny thing that always strikes me about Taylor is that she is mysterious and also the most 
famous person on the planet. Right. Yeah. Have you yeah. noticed that? Yeah. Like, you yep. know, I she totally only tells you what she wants you to know. Mm -hmm. And then she writes all kinds of stuff into her lyrics, like little Easter eggs. I think I, I think, think that's brilliant. It's it's brilliant. Yeah, I mean, everybody yeah. else talks about Taylor. You know, right. mm -hmm. like people in her life right. and but stuff like that. Out, but she's not out like, yeah. uh -uh. Mm -hmm. she's not at all the, you know, clubs in Hollywood and pulling a Lindsay Lohan. No offense, darling. Like she's not doing that. Everybody else assumes a lot about it. You know, her. I'm going to give a little credit to our friend Steve Wagner right now, who literally wrote the book on the Beatles mm -hmm. archetype and the rock and roll archetype and what, you know, the and, and how all that applies to popular music. And I was talking to him the other day about this, and he said, Taylor Swift is creating a brand new archetype. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like this brand new, it's not just the goddess archetype or the, you know, self-destructive archetype. It's like, it's the storyteller media savvy it's like these three things glommed onto one mm -hmm. it's like this hybrid archetype which is why people who don't like her don't really know how to attack her mm -hmm. and the people who love her can't really put it into words because it's not quite anything we've it's a brand new thing mm -hmm. for the 21st century mm -hmm. you know i think she going back to the stevie thing i think she is the now version of that because yeah. stevie was very mystical and mm -hmm. no one really understood if she was even human mm -hmm. and, and that was her intent right mm -hmm. to be very ethereal but taylor like she'll do all that and then like wink at the camera like she's in yeah. on she's yeah. in on what she's doing there's a grand master plan it's funny you that. keep mentioning stevie because we had her on our flick nation show when her documentary came out okay and she said and i'll never forget this at the time i was just like that's a weird thing to say but I guess it totally makes sense. Not the reality TV guy. I hate all that shit. Yeah. But she said to any young person coming up in the industry, if you're in a band, there's no better thing to get attention for you than if you're involved with somebody in the band. Uh -huh. If there's that story, that <laughs> thing. Nobody knows that better than Steve. Yeah. I mean, but <laughs> I invented it. Exactly. <laughs> you look at no doubt, you know, you can't mention yeah. no doubt without going, well, she was seeing him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, it's a weird thing that's baked into our fabric. It's none of our freaking business, but we do it anyway. But she says when that is stuck onto this creative thing, it's the extra juice. Mm. And she was she says it, it's it's magical if you don't have to make it up, but you might want to make it up. And I was just like, again, I thought at the time it was a weird thing to say. But in retrospect, I guess in the world we live in, it totally makes sense. Yeah. But is that a matter of her saying this is what worked for me? So if you can do it, make it work for you or pretty much, pretty much as opposed yeah. to saying, well, I. I saw that this was kind of helping a little bit, so I kind of fed into it and made it. She didn't go that far, but you never know. Well, and keep in mind, Taylor has sacrificed every ex-boyfriend she's had mm. to... <laughs> yeah, to it's true. Yeah, it's true. She has. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and she's done it well. Nobody's done it as yeah. good as she has. I you love know? that meme that says, you know, like if Taylor Swift breaks up with you, she's going to write an angry song about you. But Stevie Nicks made Lindsey Buckingham <laughs> stand next to her and sing that song about what an asshole he was. <laughs> oh, yeah, every night. <laughs> Silver Springs, the episode or the episode, the performance on YouTube. Look it up. Mm. She's like looking at him, like glaring. Oh, I've seen that. Oh, yes. my God. Yes. I'll pull that up and I'll just yeah. be like, yeah, I'll do a little dance in my room. It's freaking queen nice oh nice. my god all right if jay i hope is, you're paying attention oh, he is. do you know how many times on a drunken night i've been like watch this many many it's uh, this yeah. is feeling a smidge like a podcast it is should it we is keep going i think we should so here's the deal we're going to keep this conversation going but what we're going to do right now is uh we're going to flash back just uh about two years ago diane warren it's it's oscar time and our pal diane warren is up for her 15th are you kidding me 15th nomination you you have written songs for or with definitely, I think, for most of my favorite artists, Aerosmith, Cheap Trick. I mean, I could I could list a thousand artists, but what is the most typical 
process of how it comes together do they just like open up the diane warren playbook and go i want that song or is it more of a collaborative type of thing with the artists when you get together with I write, I write songs. I usually write them by myself mm-hmm. and I just figure out who I'm, I'm going to give the song to. Like in the case of Aerosmith, that was written for Armageddon. Right. And it kind of just so happened that Steven Tyler's daughter, Liv, was in the movie. And I never thought, you know, Aerosmith would record a song I wrote. You said you wrote a song today. Obviously, you've got award season. And, you know, how far do you plan ahead? Do you just get up every day and just see where the, the pen takes you? Yeah, I go to work every day. Beautiful. I usually have something I'm working on or I start something or, you know, so Mm -hmm. it's always working. And then now it's award season. That's a whole, that's a whole other job, isn't it? You know, but I love it. I love it. It's like, like you said, it's like the Super Bowl. So that was Diane Warren uh, talking about songwriting and it it, it was great. And actually um, we got a chance to hang out with her in person the following year when we went down there, I visited Steve and, and uh, she's like, come on by. And we got to see her building her complex Complex is the word. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's, it's just amazing. I mean, I recommend everybody get one because (laughs) we will one day. Yes, it is. (laughs) Exactly. But what you're listening to is the rest of our podcast, our TMI podcast. Mm -hmm. And so um, what's cool about this is we're just double dipping this week. We're just like, doing two things at once. This and is working smarter, not harder. Yes. Paul yes. Tonelli taught me all about that. <laughs> so Says back to all Taylor the time. Swift. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know. I could go on and on about this I, You topic. know, here's the thing. I don't understand. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to, because it's a podcast and because I'm all fired up about this and because we don't have a Super Bowl to deal with anymore, I just kind of want to bring this up. As, as a guy, I want to bring this up. Here's what I don't understand. As a guy, and believe me, I, I am... F- fully of the opinion that women should run the world at this point i we fucked it up the whole for the last 250 years give us a go absolutely yep, yep, absolutely yep. give us a go i mean and I, I don't say that because my female boss is next to me but <laughs> i didn't even think about that i forget yeah. i'm your boss sometimes you're an awesome boss thank you that's what i'm saying that's Thank what you. i'm saying and we just came off of that but forget about my perspective We're, we just came off of the year of barbie we just came off the year of women empowerment mm-hmm. uh america ferrera got nominated for that freaking monologue about how hard it is to be a woman mm-hmm. it's an incredible moment in pop culture when it comes to celebrating femininity how then can you be a woman and shit all over Taylor Swift having a boyfriend or going to a football game? I'll just lob this out there. What do you guys think that is? I, what do I think it is? Um, I, I, I think it's, oof, I'm going to say some controversial. <laughs> Number one, I think it's a little bit of jealousy. I always yeah. see, think jealousy kind of is in the fold of a lot of things in life. That's just a, a personal opinion. But number two, I think it's some girls wanting to be the cool girl who kind of beats up on the other girl a little bit. Sure. Um, Taylor has actually, as popular as she is, she has always gotten slapped around a little bit for mm. whatever reason. Kind of the Anne Hathaway effect. Like mm. some people really love Anne Hathaway. A lot of people like to slap her around i don't know what that is i don't get it oh i can't um jay loves anna not for the reasons that you probably think though jay and i probably should talk about this Uh, carry on on. (laughs) anywho um so the thing about taylor that drives me crazy and i've seen a lot of people say this on the internet this is not my original thought but when i saw it i was like hell yes is that you have men berating taylor for just being in the space Mm -hmm. she's just there to support her boyfriend and then you have their daughters sitting next to them watching them be mad at a woman for taking up space Mm -hmm. that fucking makes my blood boil oh yeah this girl is not doing anything she's not jumping in front of the camera she's not lifting her shirt and showing her boobies to get attention she's not doing anything to be like hey look at me she is taylor 
she's in a position where she's going to be looked at. She's a mm-hmm. massive pop star mm-hmm. who has massive success and she sells out. She changes economies wherever That's she right. goes. Yes, absolutely. So the cameras go to her. Be mad at the media outlets. Be mad at the cameras if mm-hmm. she annoys you so much. But I don't understand why you're so mad that she shows up to a football game to support a guy she's digging. Like, what's the big freaking deal? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, talk to talk to the director that's that's yeah. shooting the and he's says, making the choice. Get the shot, get the shot. Yeah, you know? right. And he's doing it because she's Taylor Swift. Yeah, you know, and and that's the only reason. And it's certainly not. It's not her there with a big sign saying, "Hey, it's me, Taylor." You yeah. Know? No, she's just there like everybody else to watch the game. Yeah, it wasn't her decision. They always pan to celebrities, yeah. by the way. But here's the other thing I don't get, and just to shift it, just little bit i don't understand how and i'm not a prude i am not a prude at all i say push it and go for it we know darling (laughs) i say go for it that said a lot of pop music in the last 10 years that has crossed over and has done very well has been very vulgar again i have no problem with that Mm -hmm. but culturally how do we go yeah uh you know, WAP is fine, but fuck Taylor Swift. I get it. How can I totally we, how, the, the clean girl, the, the good girl, the one who raises money and gives it to people and doesn't sing about nasty shit. How can a parent look down on that? I you know agree I mean? because, yeah, because Cody, my son is seven, uh, almost eight, and he's very into music and he listens to a lot of what we listen to because naturally when you have kids sure. and they're around, they, they do that. But he's starting to branch out and his friends all love Taylor. So he came home one day and mm-hmm. told me Taylor was his girlfriend and I was like, <laughs> obviously. Um, I get a song written. I get it. I know. You better watch out. You better not screw over her because you. Um, but he, he started asking about playing her songs. He would ask Alexa, mm-hmm. play this, play that. And you know what was nice about that mm-hmm. moment? Didn't have to think about it. Didn't have to worry about the lyrics. Right. Didn't have to think yeah. about what was going to happen. Yep. It was mm-hmm. just like, yep, have fun, buddy. Explore. Yeah. There's something yeah. really beautiful about yeah. that. It's mm-hmm. like a safe space for him. Mm-hmm. As a parent, I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, and I guess the, 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 the culture as far as what's acceptable mm-hmm. on radio or what, not necessarily radio, but just in general, has has widened out because during the, during the 80s, there was a whole lot of the, the parental warnings on the Oh, yeah, and, the advisories, and, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was really this kind of like narrow casting of whether it was the, the hip-hop or the rapper or something like that that was where you could say that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And there was mm. there was a lane for that. And now, yeah, it seems to have broadened mm-hmm. out a little bit. And all it does is it continues to find ways to polarize mm-hmm. people, mm-hmm. you know, because there was there was those people that didn't like that that lane of music and they would, they would poo-poo it and everything. But now it's it's widened out, so there's there's even more stuff for people to be complaining about and, mm. and being outraged at, you know. And I I'm I'm outraged by outrage at this point. I you am know? Yes. so outraged I, I, by totally, outrage. Totally, totally. I'm exhausted yeah. by it. Yeah. No, it it it. I just I I don't understand it because I came from a time where you you know there was a certain amount of respect. There were there were rules, and mm-hmm. I I you know I break rules. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. I've been known to break a rule or two from time to time. But, but <laughs> we know, darling. Yeah, we know. <laughs> <laughs> but but still, as far as as far as culture, as far as manners, as far as how you treat women and mm-hmm. how you respect people, um, so much of that has gone out the window in mm-hmm. the past decade. Let's say. Sure. You know. And all we can do is hope that eventually the pendulum is going to swing back the other way. Yeah. But but Taylor, she's unfortunately she's at that that low point in the pendulum swing where yeah she is she's got a bullseye on her from all these people you know and there would have been a time where maybe that that narrow passageway where you know a handful of people would have said now nah, you know or she, they'd be upset with her now all of a sudden that swath is a lot bigger yeah. than it than it was than it would have been because you, you get people from the seventies the storytellers that we were talking about mm-hmm. before. 
you know, if somebody had a song you didn't care for or whatever, you know, I don't like that artist. Okay, you don't like him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you move on. Move on. But man, You don't it, listen to him. But man, it's personal now. It is personal. You know what you just pointed out that makes me laugh? Like, there are so many things to actually be outraged about in 2024. Like real shit is happening in this world that is, I won't go into it, this isn't a time and space for it, but that is so outrageously horrific that we should all be up in arms, revolutionary type shit should be Mm -hmm. happening right now. And we're not. We're worried about Taylor Swift showing up in our football. What? Like that's so crazy to me. An average football game is three hours and 15 minutes i know that because i schedule them on the bone she shows up they did the math she shows up less than 60 seconds yeah yeah the, the blips of her are five to seven seconds at a time right. yeah i mean i just can't believe we're so outraged about it but can i just point out something that i loved i loved so much and i thought of you and i thought steve would love this moment too please tell me you saw her chug the beer Oh yeah. oh yeah, yeah. The fact that that she's yeah. not a national treasure after that, yeah. I don't understand. I'm <laughs> well, sorry, well, she's done that before. Chug the bear and slammed, slammed it. Down. it. And I was like, I was like, yeah. Now, yeah. Now, I, I will say that the glass was only half full. Oh, of course he would point that out. Uh, but you know funny. what? It, Give her credit. No, no, absolutely. Yeah. No, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God bless you. God bless Taylor Swift. <laughs> Making, making beer chugging, you know, a yes, thing again. a thing again. You know? And you know what, you know what I said? Make America drunk again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can get on board with that. Cheers. What I said on the radio is this, like, how can we be mad at the fact that little girls are watching football with their dads? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. like, not only should the dads be happy about this, football should be happy about this. You've got young fans coming in. Oh, football's yeah. happy. You know they made I mean? $300 million oh, yeah. extra dollars because right. of Taylor. Right. Yeah, they're very happy. Yeah. And a little eight-year-old daughter grabs her dad's beer and all oh. <laughs> All right now. Just like Taylor. That's that's next year's Budweiser commercial on. uh... Oh my God, I was not ready, but that was so good. That makes a great transition point. We did start out talking about lyrics and we went off about Taylor Swift. Do we still want to talk about lyrics? We'll talk about whatever you want to talk about. Okay. Let's do it. Because I prepared for lyrics. Okay, let's do it. Let's do lyrics. (laughs) But I will say, like, making the bridge between Taylor, what is amazing is she looks at it, seems she looks at her entire album as a story, you know? And I think that art is lost because we've talked a few times about singles, like people Mm -hmm. just ripping out singles at a time. Nobody sits down to really consume an album in its entirety. It seems except, well, I do too. I know us, of course we do. Um, But it seems except for Taylor. Like she announced this new Mm -hmm. album Mm -hmm. coming out and I'm going to, oh God, I'm going to, this podcast is going to get me in trouble. This podcast is going to get me in trouble. There are artists in the rock space that have been there for a long time. Mm-hmm. And when they put out new music, it's like a fart in the wind. Nobody mm-hmm. nobody notices or yeah. cares. But then Taylor puts it out and people want to eat up an entire album. I'm super excited that people want that much mm-hmm. new music. That's mm-hmm. exciting, especially when you're hosting a show about new music. All right. No, totally. You totally. Know? <laughs> well, well, maybe that's her, seeing as she's all powerful anyway, you right, know, maybe right. that's Taylor Swift writing the ship. Yeah. I hope and, and bringing hope. us bringing us all back collectively to listening to an album. Yeah, listening, listening to you know and setting setting the stage for other musicians to say, okay, well that worked for her. Mm-hmm. Now I'm no Taylor Swift, mm-hmm. but you're right. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right, and I hope that that catches on it catches on i yeah. really hope that other artists go i can do that but we deal with a lot of local artists yeah and then somebody comes out and does something awesome and nobody follows it and you're like why aren't you doing that 
mm-hmm. you know, and I hope it empowers artists to do long form storytelling to, to bring people into the the full experience. Well, one of our favorite people ever, part of the Soundwaves family, Sam Chase, did Dallas Pistol. That's right. right the last That's rights right. of Dallas Pistol. And that album did not. Well, unfortunately, it came out at a time that just kind of, you know, knocked right. it around a little bit. It didn't get mm-hmm. quite the love that it should have. Um and and you cannot talk about lyrics and songwriting without talking about Sam. Yeah. Right. There's you you said something earlier about like or maybe you did, I don't remember. One of you said something about like 4 minutes ago I didn't feel that way. Um how l- lyric writing and songs yes, can that was me. completely change That's right. the headspace that you're in. Yeah. Sam can do that to me in mm-hmm. less than 20 seconds yeah. and I timed I it today. <laughs> I put on my favorite song by him Strike a Chord, a favorite song. There's Great no way song. I can there's yeah. no way I can pick a favorite, but that's one of the songs that just goes like hits me yeah. in the gut and in 10 seconds I'm like what's life all about? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean he is and I'm not saying this because he's a friend of ours. Before I met him, I was like, nobody does lyrics and storytelling mm-hmm. That's right. quite like him. I don't think he has any idea the gift that he has. Yeah. Like I know, yeah. like I, we know Sam. Sam yeah. knows he's good. Yeah. But I don't think Sam knows he's legitimately otherworldly. otherworldly. One of the greatest songwriters and of all time. born at the wrong time. You know, mm-hmm. let's face it, if Sam Chase was coming up when Jim Croce and Billy mm. Joel were telling stories, John he'd Prine. be in that conversation. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It made me think. So I didn't know if you guys had lyrics that you were thinking of, but I, I wrote out some lyrics this mm-hmm. morning and I was thinking about Sam because I always start with him uh, and he loves John Prine. And I love John Prine. We bonded over the day that John Prine died, mm-hmm. which was during COVID. And I, that was the first right. day I lost my absolute shit. Mm-hmm. Like, that was what broke mm-hmm. me. John Prine's mm-hmm. death broke me in COVID. Right. I was like, that's it. I'm out. I'm over it. I can't do it anymore. <laughs> but John is such a songwriter and writes these really raw lyrics that get to the bottom of something. I'll point something out. There's a song called Angel from Montgomery, done by Bonnie Raitt, done by Dave Matthews, done by a lot of people. But it right. was written by John Prine. And this is a song that I always make Jay, especially if I've had a couple drinks. There's a theme here. Um, I will make him listen to this poor guy. And every time this lyric comes through, I'm like, oh, did you feel that? Like you like that's good. And it is how the hell can a person go to work in the morning, come home in the evening? They've got nothing to say. Oh, wow. Like if you're in a relationship and Mm -hmm. you go home and you grab your beer and you sit in front of the TV and you don't talk and you don't connect and you don't do the how's your day or the mm-hmm. best parts and low parts, like what do you, wh- what's going on? Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. lyric to me just sums up a relationship altogether. Mm-hmm. Like that is the just, essence just of- Just right there. Just yeah. right there. That one yeah. sentence is like, oh, that gets me. I don't time. have any specific lyrics, but you know I love- I have enough for all three of us. <laughs> That's <if> cool. <laughs> Uh, you just made me think of it and on, on the Billy Joel topic, too, about being older uh, mm-hmm. Springsteen, you know, his mm-hmm. last album, again, could have only been written by somebody who'd had loss, who'd experienced loss. Mm-hmm. The whole thing was a tribute to Clarence and and uh, the other guy in the band whose name I can't remember. But, you mm-hmm. know, losing, you know, a, a blood brother and and relationships and who I used to be and, and, and he, his two albums, Western Stars and Letter to You with Western Stars was more of a solo album. Those two albums together are pretty good goddamn sad mm. and western stars doesn't get the credit because uh, it does it's very glenn campbell it's very mm. 70s and cowboy mm-hmm. kind of thing but if you listen to those lyrics like there's one song that's just about him sitting at the bar because he was a stunt man in a movie and john wayne shot him once and his whole life is about people buying him drinks i've told that story a thousand times and traded it for drinks and that's really that's that's the whole summation of this dude's life yeah. that's the story he tells right there yeah and you can't tell that story unless you've had life behind you right, right. you know right. 
Like some 25 year old kid ain't going to write that story. You know, but somebody with regret, regret over life, regret over career. But fuck, I'm going to enjoy myself because this is all I got. So I'm going to revel in it. I'm going to tell that story for Mm -hmm. the 10,000th time. There's a poignancy. There's a sadness that only people like that can can uh, can really capture, I think. And I think you have to really live to do that. And Mm -hmm. I think that going back to Sam, he really lives. Yeah. Like he yeah. drinks, he parties, he dances, he screams, he yells, he goes out into the woods and camps and plays yeah. his guitar. And like he does all oh, yeah. the things. I remember I was talking to Charlie Starr of Blackberry Smoke asking him about kind of that, mm. do you have to live it to write it concept? And he considers himself like a journalist of what he lives and or what he sees. I remember that. That's a great quote. And and I yeah. was like, God, that's so great. But yeah. like, it's a real art to see what happens in your life or your life. And then me take it and write about it because I didn't live your life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that that sounds easy. Like, oh, I'll just I'll just write what I saw. But you got to feel it to really write it well, mm. I think. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And I think that when you listen to music, it's how it affects you. I mean, I can listen to a story that's written by somebody else, and I can see it through their eyes. Jim Croce was the guy, you know, mm-hmm, when he when mm-hmm. he would sing a song, you were there, you mm-hmm. were sitting next to him in the in the eighteen wheeler while he's driving down, mm-hmm. the, you know, and he's telling you the story. But that's his story, and you're listening to it, and you're there. That's great. But I can listen to other other music like "You Get What You Give" by New mm-hmm, Radicals. Mm-hmm. That's that's like one of my top five songs. Yeah. And the song starts out where. At age 14, they got you down on your knees. Mm. Talking about being young. Yeah. I'm not young. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. But when you get to the, the chorus and it's all about you get what you give, don't give up, you've got the music in you. Yeah. I mean, you, you just I can see right the now. tears yeah. in your eyes. Yeah. Woof. That's, that's, that's yeah. it. That's mm-hmm. the but, essence. That's right. And, and I've had friends who have uh, who've been unwell, who've passed on, mm-hmm. and I've shared that song with them. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. don't give up. One more step, one mm-hmm. more song, you know. And to be able to take music like that and make it your own, make it mean something to you, mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's really something. And then going back to um, Electric Dreams, together mm-hmm. in Electric mm-hmm. Dreams. Yeah. Um, you know, I remember listening to that song when the movie first came out back in the 80s, uh, but hearing it again when I was hanging out with Dennis, mm-hmm. drinking beers, and it's all, you know, we'll be together forever mm. in Electric Dreams. And now I think of us Woof. when I hear that. Woof. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So that's that's taking somebody else's music and personalizing it and yeah. internalizing it and yeah. letting it uh, letting it affect you. You know, it's funny. I say to Jay all the time, like, there are lyrics that I appreciate more than some people. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Right? Because I carry those lyrics with me because they do what they just did to you. Mm -hmm. uh, Bring all of that emotion that quick to you. They do that to me. Mm -hmm. And there are lots of people out there in the world that don't do that to me. But lyrics Mm -hmm. will from time to time. You know what? Last night he and I were sitting drinking whiskey until very late, later than we should have. And um, I got into a playlist that I'd made and I'd never shared with him before. But I called Mm. it I Am Soundwaves. And so it's all like stuff that we'd played on the show but also famous that you know like like just you know stuff that meant something to me uh-huh. you know variations uh-huh. on a theme you know some you know favorite song stuff we've cut montages to you know back in the day but it kind of like in going back into it kind of fresh i'll share it with you yeah i'd love that it's like really nostalgic it's very sentimental it's 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 very it puts you in a vibe it puts you in a place and i re- there was there was like 10 minutes where he and i are just sitting there not talking to each other listening to music and i'm like awesome well that's the power of this thing right here that's yeah. the power of music and lyrics and you know, and, and, and the cinema thing, because, uh, you know, the movie that plays in your head, 
when that's happening is yeah. only yours. Uh huh. You know, and it's it's kind of maddening as a storyteller to try to share that with people, but it's yours. It's personal. It's private. You well, know and that's what I mean? why they say it's the soundtrack of your life. That's right. right. That's right. Because yeah. all of those songs and lyrics are connected to. <laughs> sometimes unfortunate people, <laughs> unfortunate souls, mm -hmm. uh, or unfortunate moments, but they're still your unfortunate moments, Yeah, yeah. you know, and they make you who you mm -hmm. are. I mean, I, I've had times where I've been, you know, like seeing Paul McCartney, you know, and mm -hmm. being, being in a stadium with 30,000 people and singing at the top of my lungs to this music that was so important to me. Yeah. And on the other hand, I used to, before, before I had to worry about anybody giving a shit whether I did or not, um, I used to sit in my room and I'd smoke cigars and I would listen to Jim Croce music. And yeah. it was just me and the music and a cigar. Yes. And just, just, just me. So I can, it can either be just me or it can be me and everybody. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know? Yes. And, I, and that's, that's one of the awesome things about music is that you, it, it covers that whole gambit. Yes. You know? It's, it's personal here or you can share it with everybody. I'll trade your cigar for wine. Um, back in the Napster days, right? I would always rip CDs and I would make a CD for everything you could imagine. And I would label them Weird Wine Night Number One. Weird, cool. weird Wine awesome. Night Number Two. And oh, yeah. I found them not too long ago when I sold yeah. my Mustang and I had to transition all my huge CD books, right, mm -hmm. into the other car. I opened it up, it fell open and it was like Weird Rock Wine Night, you know, one, two, three, seventeen thousand. And I was like, oh God. And I went down a memory lane. I plugged in my CD player in my guest room and Jay and Cody were there and Jay walked in and I was a puddle of goo on the floor. I was literally on the floor bawling. He's like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'll be fine. <laughs> I was listening to Sister Hazel, Your Winter. I don't know if you've oh, ever heard okay, that yeah. song, but it's one of my favorites of all time. Mm -hmm. And he was like, he just curled up with me and it like, we didn't have to say anything and he didn't need to know what that meant. He just was in that moment with me. and. That, to me, is what it's all about. Oh, that's awesome. Hmm. So good. Soundwaves TMI, featuring Chasta, Dennis Willis, and uh, yours truly, Stephen Kirk. The part of the announcer was played by Kelly Ogden. So please like and subscribe to Soundwaves TMI, wherever you're listening from. And please consider helping us continue our mission of lifting and supporting independent music and the Bay Area music scene by becoming a Soundwaves patron. In exchange, you'll be the first to see and hear weekly shows such as Soundwaves TV, Soundwaves FM, and the Soundwaves TMI podcast, as well as exclusive content. Just go to patreon.com slash Soundwaves TV. And for all things Soundwaves, follow us on all the social medias at Soundwaves TV. Or go to soundwavestv.com.